0: You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our senior pastor, Jeremy Havlin. We're starting a brand new series today called Proverbs. This is our summer series, all the things going on in the midst of summer. And I want you to know something. I have been actively getting on the health bandwagon train. I have a disproportionate amount of illustrations revolving food. I understand this. It's a real issue in my life. And so, but I'm getting healthy again. I've started to uh, be a lot more active, a lot more fit. I started to be careful with what I eat. I'm tracking what I eat. And man, that that tracking is a whole thing. But anyway, let me show you one of my favorite meals. This is this. this. (laughs) So I want you to know, this is right, by the way, and it's anointed because it's right here close to the church. And by the way, do you know they have an app that you can order on the app? Because if you go there and order, it's like a half hour before you order. This is the trick. You order on the app and then you go pick it up and there's no weight. I just a pro tip for you guys. Okay, do it. It's a double bacon cheeseburger and their fries and that. And then if you get a shake, listen, you can eat all of your calories in one meal. That's two days of calories in one meal. Delicious. Now, I joined a gym and now I'm I'm part of a gym membership, it would make zero sense for me to be able to join a gym, to start exercising, and then not pay any attention to the diet that I'm eating. It would be counterintuitive, it just would make zero sense. Here's the other thing too, I could eat like this all week and I could go to the gym for a half hour one day a week and guess how much of a difference that would make? It would make no difference. This is obviously logical. that In order for me to get healthy, it's a change in how I live. And this is a very common sense. You already have connected to the dots on where I'm going with this. As a pastor, and I'm gonna say this with tremendous amounts of love, most people assume that just one moment on a Sunday morning can correct all the other things that happen throughout the week. In other words, you come on a Sunday morning, you worship God, that's great, but then you go about living your life and what I wanna challenge you with is this. Sunday morning should only be the catalyst for you to go to your everyday diet by yourself, privately spending time with God. Sunday morning is important. It matters just the gathering together of the fellowship of the saints, but it's not the only thing. You don't have to come here to get a word from God. You can go yourself to get a word from God. So my challenge for you, and I hear this as a pastor, well, these, the faith hasn't really impacted me that much. Well, in order for faith to impact you, It has to change how you live. It has to change how you and I think about things. And so the way that God does this is there's two words. It's grace, that God's grace is more than we deserve, but ready, it's also truth. It's truth that changes how we think. That's why Jesus said, it's the truth that will set you free. When you encounter the truth, not just once in a couple of weeks or once in a blue moon, when you encounter the truth on a regular basis, it changes how you think, which then in turn changes how you live. That's why people who have walked with the truth for a number of years find themselves in a place where they're not easily shaken. You can get a cancer diagnosis and say, okay, God, I don't know know that I have the strength for this, but I know, God, that you can carry me through this. Because truth has this way of transforming us from the inside out. And so in this Proverbs series, the way I bring this up is because God's word is full of truth. And by the way, the world we live in now is a hakuna matata place. Everything's a free-for-all. Whatever your truth is, live it. And I'm here to tell you something. We actually, as Christians, have God's word that was written long before we ever lived to be able to guide us in how to navigate through life. It's his truth teaching us and showing us how we can live. So this Proverbs series is gonna be full of all kinds of different ways where God's truth can inject us in our life and how it can impact us. And a lot of it can be very practical and very beneficial for us. So today, the title of the message is simply this, Friendship. And I know that seems like not a big deal, but can I tell you something? I think the world is full of lonely people. And I think friendship in our world today has changed drastically. So let me talk about this. There's a lot of things that impact our future in this room. And a lot of things that impact our future, we have zero control over. The storm that came through this last week was a doozy. It actually flooded my parents' house when they lived next to us. It actually caused some damage to my car. And... and and this is just this is the last week in the Havlin household. I had an ear infection. So on Tuesday night when I'm going to, to get a checkup to try and see what I need to do with the ear infection, I had water lodged in my ear from swimming. And so it started to cause an infection that became very painful. In fact, Wednesday night when we, I'm talking really fast. All right, let me slow down. I listened to myself recently. I'm like, holy auctioneer. All right. I just get excited. Tone it in, Jeremy. Man, y'all are like, whoever takes notes. <laughs> stressing you out of your mind. All right. Hey, I just caught it myself. Y'all, this is good. All right. See, okay. Where was I again? Okay, okay, hold on. Oh yeah. No, I don't, where, I literally have no idea. Ear, Ear in, thank y'all. Are, hey, some of y'all are listening. This is good. Okay. Ear infection. And so I'm out of the house to go uh, get a checkup for that to see if I could get something to be able to help, help with the pain with that. That was impacting my eating, which is not good in the illustration I just did about trying to get you have the so I'll make sure I got something for that. On my way out, the storm's just raging. My parents' house begins to flood. And so that next day, Wednesday, at the preach, I preach sitting down because my ear was so bad that I was, I was dizzy. I was worried of actually falling on stage. I preach, I go home that night. I have some sort of allergic reaction. Thursday, I'm supposed to get up and my whole purpose Thursday is actually to write a bunch of curriculum for a discipleship thing that we're gonna release to you guys. And so I'm wanting to write it, write it, write it that night, an allergic reaction hits me out of nowhere. I've not ever, I don't think I've ever had an allergic reaction in my entire life. And it hit me. And I, my hands swelled up, my feet swelled up. Uh, they began to itch like crazy. It was, uh, let me show you a picture. This is me Thursday morning. Oh my gosh. And so like, my son has tremendous allergies. I, that's, I couldn't close my face. I'm like the marshmallow man from Ghostbusters. I'm like, I didn't, like, I almost grabbed it. I was like, what do I do here? And it was, it was legitimately, it was legitimately painful. So all of this happened in the last, like, five days. On top of that, my wife had been sick for the previous, like, two weeks. She went on a work trip, and then she came home, and she's just wrestling through not feeling well. So just to, all things that I don't have control over. And yet, for all of us in this room, the amount of things we don't have control over are pretty big, and yet there are things that impact our future that we do have a voice to be able to determine things. Let me give you three real quick. The first is our choices. The things that you choose to do, that's in your purview. Now, a lot of your choices can be reactions to things, but I'm here to tell you something. This is where God's word can come in to help you navigate the choices that you make. It's what you believe here that's gonna determine your behavior out there. So that's why God's word matters. What you believe determines what you behave, which essentially determines the path that you go down. Let me tell you something else. This maybe doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, It's massive. Do you know what is gonna determine your future? Your habits. It's not always the big things in your life that determine the direction of where you go. When we think of the direction of where we go, we think of who you gonna marry and what are you gonna do and where are you gonna live. Do you know the direction of your life is actually a lot more about the little habits that you have every day? Those habits build up and actually determine what you're willing and able to do. Habits is a massive one. But let me give you a third category. This is what we're gonna focus on today, our friends. I can promise you something. If I can get to know the friends that you have in your life, I can promise you where you're gonna be. Your friends 100% impact the direction and course of your life. Now, as Christians, I wanna make this distinction. We're gonna talk about friendship today from from Proverbs. That as Christians, we are commanded by God to love. Zero exceptions, but well, we have made love a warm and fuzzy kumbaya fest where we have to agree with everything. And that, listen, there's a distinction between love and trust. I love my kids unconditionally. But if they begin to do things that are against certain things, I'm gonna confront them on those things. If I catch them lying, I'm gonna say, well, you're lying is eroding trust. It has never stopped me from loving them. And I tell them, nothing you do will ever stop me from loving you. And so I'm a big Lionel Messi fan. He's a soccer player. And I said, if you cheer against Lionel Messi, it's gonna hurt my heart, but it will not stop me from loving you. That's just a reality. And so, but trust is a different thing. As Christians, we are commanded to love who? Our neighbors. We're even commanded to love our enemies to the point where we're supposed to call to turn the other cheek. But love and trust are two different things. The same with forgiveness. We are called to forgive anyone for any offense that's ever happened to us. But forgiveness and trust are two different things. I was abused when I was a kid, and I have forgiven the person who did that to me. But can I tell you something? Would I, can I, even in my forgiveness, would I invite them over to my home just to spend time alone with my kids? And so we have to make this distinction that there's a difference between loving, that trust is a big part of this. And when it comes to friendship, we need to be able to love all the people that God has placed in us, and as Christians, it's good to have people who are not Christians who we can be friends with. But if you don't surround yourself with good, godly friends, I promise you it'll impact the direction and course of your life. I promise you it will. In fact, the Bible says this in Proverbs. I want you to look at this passage of scripture, ready? Proverbs nineteen or 13, 19 through 21. A longing fulfilled is sweet to the soul, but fools detest turning from evil. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Trouble pursues the sinner, but the righteous are rewarded with good things. Walk with the wise and you will be wise. It's a massive thing. Let me give you a thought, ready? It is impossible to live the right life when you're surrounded by the wrong friends. Have You ever had someone give like a story or testimony about how they went on the wrong track and it's like, yeah, well, everything's going pretty decent in my life and then I fell into the wrong and all of us, have, who, who's been there? Who fell in the wrong crowd before? Come on. I have. We, we just know it, right? The wrong crowd can pull you away from God's plan for your life. The wrong crowd can get you to begin to live for now instead of living for the things that matter most. The wrong crowd can lead you into temptation. When I was in college, I went away uh, uh, to be able to study for missions, and while at college, I went over to Europe to be able to live and I said to myself, God, I'm gonna serve you for the rest of my life, but this next little bit window that I'm in Europe is gonna be my time, God. That was a mistake. Because I went over to Europe and they know how to party in Europe. I mean like party, party in Europe. Like they don't mess around when it comes to partying. And I got there and I fell into the wrong crowd. And I found myself, I studied in Spain, traveling Europe. I found myself in a World War II bunker in Switzerland with a death metal band. They were practicing for a gig and there were illegal narcotics everywhere. And I'm like, how did I get in here? How did this happen? Well, I traced it back. Now listen, let me say this, they were good people. They were, they were kind, like they were kind people. But they were doing things that, that I knew that were things that, that I didn't wanna go down. And so I'm like, okay, let's shift this. I, I'm here to tell you something. You will not have the right life with the wrong friends. The Bible says, walk with the wise and become wise. Walk with the full, and it's gonna lead to some problems. It's a massive, massive issue. This is absolutely huge. And in the world that you and I live in, I am deeply concerned that there's so many people who find themselves, and I'm gonna just label it this way, in relational poverty. Longing for actual friendships and not being able to gauge. Because things have changed. Things, the world is not the same world that it used to be. Let me give you two, let me, let's talk about relational poverty for a second before we talk about having wise friends in our life. What in the world causes relational poverty? Well, there's a lot of things. I'm only gonna highlight two, but there's definitely more than two. Here's one, ready? Modern lifestyles. When I grew up, I just played in the neighborhood and we were living in South America and I would just go out and play with the kids in the neighborhood. But today, living in the States, as a parent, especially of of kids who are growing up, there's this need to be able to have my kids do all the sports and all the things in all the world. And because of modern lifestyle, it feels like we're always going from one thing to the next. Like, I love that my son's playing football. I also love when the football season's over. Anybody else? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I love, I I love, listen, I love, Travel baseball, that's awesome. But I also love when travel baseball season can be over, I love, you, you name it. Our modern lifestyle has made it that we're always in a hurry to get to the next thing that we have to do. And yet, let me give you a perspective that you maybe haven't thought of. I think this is gonna blow your mind, ready? Our generation in human history right now, we have more disposable time on our hands than any generation that has ever lived or walked the face of the earth Ever and yet it doesn't feel like it. When you go to make a meal, you can throw a soup that you bought from the grocery store in the microwave, and three minutes later, you have a fully cooked meal. It might have a high sodium content. I know that because I'm logging my food. But in three minutes, you can have a meal. Back in the day, if you wanted to have soup, you know what you needed to do? Cook it. Yeah, kill it. Kill it. Grow it. Do all the things. It was literally, I mean, it's not a three-minute thing. It's three hours, I want you to think about this. We have more disposable time than any generation in human history and yet we are stressed because we feel like we don't have enough time. And then you tell me that there's not someone actively trying to steal the things that are meant to give us peace. And so I just, our modern lifestyle leads us on this path and because we're busy and part of it is stage of life, we don't interact with friends anymore. What used to be a common occurrence of spending time with friends has changed and it's shifted and we're busy being career minded or busy getting whatever it is done and we've stopped engaging in something so vital as actually face-to-face conversations with friends. Our modern lifestyle has shifted the way we do this and then the other big one, which we all know we're gonna agree with, is the rise in social media. Like before social media, dinosaurs roamed the earth. But because there's no social media, there's no evidence of it. I mean, like, it feels like it's taken over everything and yet, the problem I have with social media, and listen, there's some aspects of social media which can be beneficial, and I'm not gonna get on a soapbox, but I think it's actually not good for a lot of people. I don't even have any social media. I'm not trying to build a platform as a pastor. I actually, it's sometimes concerning for me. Now, there are positives, I 100%, there are positives to social media. For absolutely sure, there are positives. But here's the thing with social media. We can curate what we want people to see instead of people actually seeing who we really are. You can see it all the time. Here's just two examples, and these are silly. Here's one example, here's the first picture. It's a completely fake scene. (laughs) This is the world that we live in. People promoting what they want you to believe about who they are. When what we imagine is so different from reality. Here's one more, this is uh, is silly too. Like sweet, spending time with the pigeons until they attack you like the birds, Alfred Hitchcock. We curate, you know what we do? We live for likes. So then we only put out what we want people to be able to see. We live for people to look at us and be like, oh, I, I wanna have what they have. And then secretly we go on and we look at what everybody else is doing and we think that what they have is better than us. Think about how this impacts you. How many nights were you about to fall asleep and then you found someone's Facebook post or Instagram post or I don't know what's out there. I'm so old school, I don't even care. It impacts your day when you see someone post something. It impacts your train of thought. It deeply impacts our friendships. We've stopped being able to have conversations one-on-one. We've stopped being able to be honest and real with each other. And the Bible says, Listen, if you're wise, walk with those who are wise. But if all we're doing is putting up false images of ourselves, or at least not even false images of ourselves, I'll say it this way, limited images of ourselves. then how does anyone ever get to the real us? How do we ever get to the real someone else? So, wise friends. Bible talks about wise friends, ready? Wise friends, three different wise friends that all of us can have. And remember, this is, the friends who you choose, this is up to you. You have to be able to go out and navigate this. Let me give you three that you will be able to find. Here's the first one, ready? A wise friend loves you enough to tell you the truth. We are terrified of someone calling us out. And by the way, no one likes it. No one's like, I really hope someone calls me out today. I really hope someone sits me down and says, hey, Jeremy, can I share something with you? No one wants to do that. who, Who wants to hear that stuff? And yet, and by the way, this has to be done in the context of, of personal friendship that's built over a period of time. Someone who knows you almost better than you know yourself. And when it happens, it happens because it's so good for you. In 2013, I had been serving God for 10 years of full-time ministry. And we, my wife and I had just moved back to the United States from being overseas. And I was ready to quit being involved in church world, 100%, I was done. Except that I had some wise friends in my life. One of the wise friends was one of my best friends. He lives in Charlotte. And at the moment when I was like, I don't wanna even set foot inside of church anymore. One of my best friends, we were sitting there talking. He just looks at me and he's just like, Jeremy? And he just starts telling me. And, and I didn't wanna hear it. God has got a plan for your life, and if you walk away, it's gonna cost you more than what you realize, and it's not just about you anymore. Stop being so selfish. I'm like, shut your mouth. And he's like, if you will trust God, even when you can't see him, I promise he's gonna come through for you. And I'm telling you, he just hammered me for, and he just was, and he did it lovingly. And we're actually hanging out at a restaurant. I couldn't get up and leave. I guess I probably could have, but like, I'm like, man, what's happening right now? And he just, and I went home and I thought about it. I'm like, guy is right. At the critical moments of your life, do you have a wise person who can look at you and say, the heck are you doing, dude? Dude, Dudette person. What are you doing with your life? When did you get to be so cynical? When did bitterness get into your heart to such a degree that now everything is a fight for you? When did you get to be so selfish? Who, who? This is what the Bible says, when you walk with the wise. Look, Look at this verse right here, ready? An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. I'm gonna flip this on its head, ready? You need a wise friend in your life, you need to be a wise friend in somebody else's. Now let me speak, let me say this. Some people love to get on their self-righteous platforms and just throw out zingers. Your goal is not to be the self-righteous person riding in on a giant horse to put people down. That's actually pride. As a friend, and it has to be done in the context of relationship with people who you actually have a relationship with. That does not include people who you've never met who are your friends on social media. I'm talking about people who you know and whom you love, that you sit down with them, and guess what? You can be a wise friend for them. I had to do that not long ago. God opened up a window for me to be able to speak some things in and I was able to say it. And the person didn't want to hear it. But after a while, they began to receive it. And then later they're like, thank you for, saying some, thank you for speaking some truth in my life. The direction of your life, a lot of it's impacted by the friends that you have. So do you have people who can speak God's truth into your life? And then can you be someone who can speak God's truth into someone else's life? This is friendship, and it bypasses all the nonsense that's out there. And yet, the direction of your life is so impacted by friends. Walk with the wise, and you'll become wise. So we all need to be able to have this in our life. Here's another thing a wise friend can do: a wise friend can challenge you to grow spiritually. When I was younger, I actually my when I, when I was younger, I counted someone who challenged me spiritually became a good friend, and i grew grown up in the church and to be quite brutally honest, I thought the church was super boring. I thought being a Christian meant that everything had to be super boring, like I just did. And then God radically transformed our perspective, was able to go to a place and I was like, you can be a Christian and also like enjoy life. I'm like, and I'm not talking about going crazy, but I'm talking about laughing and being authentic and having fun, the things that we try and do. Listen, a deep passion of my heart is that whoever we are on stage, we are the same off stage because I'm tired of the nonsense. Why do we have to put on airs of things? I think it's ridiculous. And I hated that when I was growing up. You get up on stage, listen, when I'm home, I don't act like this, glory to God in the highest. Pass the salt please, woo, I don't do that, I'm me. But other people, if you do that, that's great. And I grew up in in, in the Latino world. In the Latino world, man, ah, it's, listen, the vibrancy of preaching is awesome. And that's who they are. Latinos, when they get up to preach, Oh man, you put a form incredible. Santos el nombre de Jehová. Bendito sea el nombre de Jesus. And Latinos, man, they got it. I'm just really white. I'm just, I'm like, I can't. And so whoever you are on stage should be who you are off stage. And and what the purpose of this is that that we would just be authentic. I believe that God wants honesty in us. Not to put on pretense or forms. And so, anyway, I counted this friend. And I'd grown up at church. I thought church was kind of boring. And he began to challenge me with something that, like, memorizing scripture. I was like, ah, there's a lot of Bible verses out there. He's like, no, you realize you can memorize scripture? And then he's like, do you know the people, do you know Jewish people, when they'd go to school, they would literally memorize the entire Old Testament? Kids would have the Old Testament. They would grow up in school and they would memorize the Old Testament. And oftentimes when you see Jesus debating with the Pharisees, he was debating with them in knowledge that they had completely memorized it and they could go back and forth. He would have these dialogues with them. And then I was like, there's a lot of scriptures out there. Yes, he goes, but how many songs can you sing too? So I I grew up 90s kid. I love some good 90s music. Boys to Men 2 album, like, let's don't wait for, okay, I'm not gonna do that. Um, Hootie and the Blowfish, Uh, a a little bit of, okay, I'll stop right now. I did go through a Nirvana phase. I know, I know. I went through a Pearl Jam phase. They did have a great song about Jeremy who's spoken. And so that's, (laughs) kids have no idea what's happening right now. How many songs do you, how many songs do you know? He's like, well, then start memorizing scripture. And so he challenged me to start memorizing scripture. So I was like, fine, I'll do it. And I, st- I literally took my Bible and I started underlining it and I find a passage of scripture and it meant a lot to me and I began to memorize it. Can I tell you now as a 42-year-old person, the moments of my life where I was in a critical situation you know what would happen? In that situation, I maybe didn't have my Bible present, but I had a passage of scripture that I had memorized and stored in my heart. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Whatever's good, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever is good, think on, or whatever's good, think on these things. I'm telling you, in the moments in which I have needed it, those verses would come up to the surface and I would realize, okay, listen, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but its principalities and powers in this dark world. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. And I, I, would, I would understand in those moments, for he that starts something good in you is faithful and just to complete it to the end. They challenge me to grow and then I began to grow and I begin to memorize scripture and it's made an unbelievable impact. I'll challenge you, memorize some Bible verses. Memorize them let me, let me give you look at this Proverbs 27:17 as iron sharpens iron so a friend sharpens a friend. and this is also where you can have spiritual mentors impact your life. Something we talked about last week as, as for, for Father's Day is that God listen, every one of you in this room has a voice, and your voice matters. and do you realize that your voice can impact the people who are around you? And so for Father's Day, we talked about even if you don't have a biological son or daughter, you can have a voice to impact someone else. Spiritual mentors can make the biggest difference. When Renovation Church started back in 2014, I had no, I was like, Lord, this is a crazy quest. I had already realized, okay, I'm not gonna walk away from ministry, God, but here I am, and I don't think I have what it takes to be able to do this. And we started in the theater across the street. We outgrew the theater, and then Westside Baptist decided to, to join us and got orchestrated for these two churches to come together. And I remember one of our first, moments in this building, a spiritual mentor in my life, his name is Pastor Arlie, he's the one of the pastors who helped just provide spiritual covering for us, was here during the weekend. We sat right there and he's like, son, how did God do all this for you? And I was like, I don't know. He goes, he never did that for me. And then he got on his knees right there on the floor and he began to pray. He said, God, may this house be full of people who encounter your presence. And then Pastor Arlie prayed over me and he just you know what Pastor Arlie did? He looked me in the eyes and he said, son, how are you praying for your wife? How are you praying for your kids? And he's like, this is something God's asked you to do. And do you know what that challenge spiritually can mean in your life when you have someone who cares about you? Pastor Arlie passed away, unfortunately, in 2021. I actually have a, I I played this voicemail before, but I want you to understand, I wanna actually play the voicemail again. someone they're getting it ready, I think we're good. And so I want you to hear this voicemail because You have no idea the impact that a voice can have in your life. This is him just calling me. Hey, Jeremy. God bless you, son. This is Pastor Arlie. I hope when God calls you that he don't get calls that says he's busy. Of course, I'm just giving you a hard time. I wanted to call you and tell you that I'm thinking about you and praying that God will be with you in your work that he will strengthen you and that he will give you the words to say, the things to do, and how to raise up a great church. Hey, Jeremy. God Sorry, you're good. Your son, it's okay. Did, you, did it restart? Harley. Okay. When... That's good. We, we'll just turn it off there. Thank you. Do you know... Do you know what it's like to have someone in your life who can just boom? Do you know that you can have that in your life and you can be that for other people? The very best version of who you are is someone who believes and follows after Jesus. Let me give you the last one. Ready and then we're done. A wise friend is someone that you can count on. Look at this verse. Proverbs eighteen twenty-four: One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. You, know, you ever notice that when someone wins a lottery, they hide? Because all of a sudden they get real popular. Remember that person who won a billion dollars in South Carolina? Uh-huh, they got a ticket right down the road, Simpsonville? Yep. That word got out, I promise you, everybody was like, hey, what you doing? Unreliable friends, one who has unreliable friends. By the way, the best way to not have unreliable friends is for you not to be an unreliable friend. You're gonna get, you're gonna get who you are So be someone who's reliable and you'll find people who are reliable. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I have some best friends from college and I have some best friends from different parts of my world and I'm here to tell you something. Nothing makes a difference than when you can have these relationships in your life. And I just wanna end it with this. I want you to go into your world thinking about God's truth, transforming how you do. You know what happens, I think? I think most of us have friends by accident. Because we just we're in different environments and so we just have them accidentally. I want you to leave and I want you to be intentional about those who you allow in your life in your friend circle. Love everyone. But the people who you keep need to be the people who are wise and people who build trust, and people who you can trust. And if you can do this and keep this, I promise you, your future will be absolutely better off because you did this. By the way, parents of kids, you know what I tell my kids? Find the right friends. If you can find the right friends, you're gonna be okay. The moment you find the wrong friends, red flags are everywhere. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pause today. First of all, we thank you for your truth that is meant actually to speak, to guide us, to give us the direction of where we're meant to go and how we're meant to live. It's not something that we do just once a week. It's something that, Lord, that we're meant to engage with on a regular basis because your truth actually is meant to set us free, to set us free from the lies we've come to believe, from the way that we live, sometimes so reactively to the world around us, and yet, God, you want us as followers of you. Lord, you want the very best for us. Your truth is not meant to shame us, expose us, embarrass us, or even punish us. Your truth is meant to free us, to show us a better way of how to live. I know in this room right now there are people who are lonely, who long for deep friendship. And I pray, God, I pray that, Lord, one message is not enough, but maybe it can spark, it can be the catalyst to saying, okay, God, Help me to find the wise friends for my life, people who I can trust, who I can fall in with. Jesus, that you would do this in an amazingly and beautiful way. Lord, I pray for all of us in this room. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for this day. In your mighty name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at renovation.church.